Today's episode is a sensitive discussion about mental health. Although it's a crucial subject to discuss, I realize this topic may incite negative responses in some listeners. So please take whatever action best suits your own personal needs at this time. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Philosophy 19. My name is Cameron Shepard, and I'm the creator and host of this podcast. And I'm here with a very special guest today. Her name is Salem Murray, and she's currently working on her mental health. She's a wonderful person, and I'm very excited to have her on. And she's going to be talking about mental health today. And what's your broader topic? Uh, just mental health. Just mental health. Just mental health. Just mental just health. Just mental health. <laughs> Not that it's, you know, one of the biggest things. I guess kind of specifically my own mental health I want to share just a little bit of my own story funnily enough I've never actually been diagnosed with depression even though I was hospitalized (laughs) I diagnosed myself with depression at the age of 11 but I've been struggling with depression and a little bit of anxiety though I didn't really realize it until recently since I was 11 and it's manifested in different ways with my faith in some aspects which is just Mental health in the church is a completely different topic. Um, And then when I first went to school, college, I had other different difficulties, especially because alcohol is a thing and you shouldn't mix alcohol and sadness. (laughs) I guess really uh, what I wanted to talk about was my recent hospitalization. It's been almost three months since I was first admitted. I was just in for a week, but then I did an outpatient program. And I guess really what I want to talk about is... I think part of the reason that I got to the point where I needed to be hospitalized was because of the stigma that kind of exists around mental health and um, feeling like it was something to be ashamed about and that it was something that is taboo and can't be talked about. Some of the friends that I made in that one semester I was at Austin P, you know, they asked me like, what was it? What happened? You know, you're kind of gone. And I was like, well, I was in the hospital. I didn't really tell anyone, but I mean... The truth is, I was in the hospital because I was suicidally depressed. I had every intention of killing myself, and I was self-harming on a daily basis. I don't want to, you know, go into the details because I think no one really needs to know all the details, but I I couldn't get through a whole day without self-harming more than once. Um, it was the coping mechanism that it worked for me at the time. I guess something that recently, after having being discharged from the outpatient program um, that's really important to me is just understanding that it's a process and it's a long process and I guess really what I want people to know especially who don't have mental health issues or who don't know someone or are close to someone who has severe depression or anxiety is that it doesn't end once you get out of the hospital I've had a couple of people say to me like I'm so glad you're better and not because you know they didn't necessarily say that because they were ignorant but that's that's the only thing they really I think they knew to say to me which I think is fair but I think that it's really important for people to realize that just because you're out of the hospital doesn't mean you're better you know I try to like equate it to you know like breaking a leg or you know you break your arm and you have to go through PT and that kind of stuff and it lasts for a while but then even once you're done with PT you know you still have those pains and you still have those moments where it's not quite the same it's the same with mental health and I think it's even more prevalent um, in terms of mental health you know I'm on medication and I'll probably be on medication for the rest of my life and that's the only way that I can function properly 
you know, I miss a day and it's, it's bad. <laughs> and of course that, you know, depends on what kind of medication you're on and it's different. Damn. Yeah. It's a whole thing. I don't know if I can cuss. <laughs> My bad. We're not that official. Okay. <laughs> Damn. It's a whole thing. Um, but I just, you know, I'm three months out and I still have days where I think, is it worth it? Do I really want to be here? I have days where I, I don't want to share exactly how I self-harmed, but where I just, I wish desperately that I could go back and that's all I want. And it's just this ruminative thought that I can't get rid of. And it's not every day, you know, and it's a process and it's definitely better than it was three months ago. You know, I think I, I definitely have a will to live and I see a future for myself when three months ago I didn't. I guess that's really what I want all the viewers or listeners. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> to really understand as I mean and I can't speak for all people but it's it's a process and it's a lifelong process I'll I mean I don't think there will ever be a day you know where I don't think I could go back to that or where I won't remember the time that I spent in the hospital and where I was and I just think it's so important that we start working to include mental health practices in our everyday lives you know I mean like in high school we had a mental health club but I'm talking mandatory group therapy you know like starting out at a young age if you have kids (laughs) send them to a therapist once a month you know there are things that just go unnoticed and there are coping skills that I learned that I never would have come across um, had I not been in those situations if I had not gone to the hospital and been part of that outpatient program And I think it's something that our society desperately needs is an awareness of how pervasive mental health issues are and that, you know, you're not a freak. You're not different. You just need help, you know, and we all need help. You know, sometimes in our life, we just need a little bit of help because we can't do it by ourselves. You know what? And that's really it. (laughs) I do have a few questions. Please. (laughs) Do you think as a society we'll ever come to the place where we can equate mental health with physical health and really give it that priority status? And I know that's a very like hypothetical speculative question. Right, right. Um, um, but do you think it's possible? Oh, definitely. I I have to have the hope that it's possible. I, I mean, yeah. I think that even now, I mean, just if you, you know, think back a hundred years ago and what mental health in air quotes (laughs) um the conversation around that it's so different um you know you have this you have this idea where you know mental health meant that you had evil spirits you know and now we know that it's you know chemicals in the brain and other things that I really don't know that much about um (laughs) to be completely honest I mean we make progress and I also just I have to have that hope that if not my children, then my grandchildren. If not my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren will live in a society that takes into account their mental well-being just as much as they take into account their physical well-being. And I don't think we can persist the way that we are. I think it would be very dangerous and silly of us to ignore what we already know, is that mental health is important and needs to take a much larger priority in our lives than it has been. I don't want to push you too much to talk about this, but religion and mental health, uh, I know you talked a little bit about that, but how do you think that religious 
parents can properly address their children's mental health issues without it being like a like everything to do with Jesus you know yeah no yeah uh, <laughs> um that's that's a loaded question but yeah no 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 it's fine it there's just like I said I could do a whole talk just on faith and mental health but um I think the first place to start is you know if you're a parent or if you're expecting or you expect yourself to be a parent uh, read a book or two <laughs> not to be uh sorry <laughs> um but I mean pick up a couple of books on just basic you know even if you don't have pro- those kind of issues yourself I, there is more to it than just there's just a lot to it and I think that the worst thing that I was told is that depression was selfish and it meant that you weren't doing your faith right that if you're depressed then you're too far away from God and you need to get yourself in order I went through a lot of ups and downs with my faith, but I remember at the time that I was told that I was as close as I could be. I was doing as many things right as I could be doing. Um, And I was desperate. Oh God, I was desperate (laughs) to be good. And hearing that and knowing that I was depressed and I was doing everything I could, that shame and that guilt. I mean, I'm not particularly religious in that sense anymore, but it still has ramifications on me and my my ability to see myself as a whole and worthy being. The most important thing I can say is to realize that depression is not a religious issue. It's it's a mental and physical one. Do I think faith can help? Absolutely. I've seen it help in some people. I've seen it in my own family help. But I think reducing it down to simply a religious issue is dangerous and I think that it takes lives it takes lives at the you know if if that wasn't suicide wasn't necessarily an option for me I didn't see it as an option for me at that time but if I had I mean to be very straightforward about it it was something I probably would have done and it's it was it's just yeah no it it takes lives so get your shit together (laughs) I sometimes I get angry sorry uh I think I just the most important thing is when your child comes to you and they say, I have these feelings that I don't understand, is to listen and to get them the help that they need. Don't take them to the priest. You know, don't take them to the pastor. You take them to a clinically trained therapist or to a psychiatrist. And I mean, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I agree completely. Thinking about parents and how much control they have of their kids' access to mental health. And we do have like school counselors that kids can go see. Right. But there's nothing like there are mandated physicals for school there's no sort of mandated mental health yeah. Yeah. check you know what I mean yeah I find really fascinating just how much control parents do have did you find that your parents were they really instrumental in the process of like starting to recover you know and getting not getting better but getting to a better place yeah um definitely I do have a history of depression in my family so I would have been in therapy sooner if we had the money to afford it. You know, I did go to a school counselor when I was in eighth grade. I had like a mini meltdown and she wasn't helpful. But <laughs> yeah, I think my, my parents were absolutely instrumental. It was my mom is the reason I went to the hospital. She's the reason that I'm alive, probably, um, because I mean, scary as it is to think about it. I mean, if she had waited a week, 
I probably would have killed myself, to be very honest about where I was. Uh, having a support system is so, so important. And I grieve for people who don't have those support systems because I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone to someone to even mention about what I was going through. I wouldn't have had people to push me through. I would have, I mean, even if I had gotten admitted to the hospital, I would have gotten out and fallen right back where I was if it wasn't for my parents and for my family. There, There's nothing like having parents who say, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I see that you're hurting and I want what's best for you. And I just, the hospital that I went to is an hour away from where I live and whenever we were looking for outpatient programs I was like mom we can go somewhere else but I like the thought of working with the same psychiatrist and she's like we'll make it work you do what you have to do and we will make it work don't worry about the money don't worry about finances don't worry about gas we're gonna do this and we're gonna make sure you get the help you need having that right from the start having that support there's there's nothing like having someone say, I know you can't see that it'll get better, but I'm going to believe that for you until you can. There's absolutely nothing like it. And I just, if there are any parents listening, remember this, that you are instrumental absolutely in the health of your child. And it is your duty to do your absolute best for them. And I understand financial things are, you know, a barrier and I, I totally get that and I think that's where you know mandatory kind of things you know just like you have to get a physical every so often you need to get a mental health checkup you need to be seeing a therapist every so often and not because necessarily you're super depressed but it's just sometimes we just don't know how to deal with the everyday parts of our lives and it's really important for a child to have someone outside of their family to talk to and who has that objective outsider view and can really give them the tools they need to be healthy. Thank you so much. You have been so wonderful and so open and I really appreciate that and I think that anyone who happens to listen will gain a lot from hearing you speak and you speak so eloquently and articulately <laughs> about this and I know that I'm very lucky and happy to have you in my life and here. It's been an absolute pleasure, and it's been an honor to speak with you. And well, sweet 19, man, let's go. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> You're welcome, girl. I got you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I was so excited to have this conversation with someone who is so enthusiastic about mental health and really has an important story to share. So please stay tuned for future episodes featuring interesting discussions with 19 and 20 year olds. You can now find the podcast on Apple Podcasts by searching Philosophy 19 and also on SoundCloud. I would also love to hear from anyone who's listened to the podcast and has enjoyed it. I love getting feedback. It helps me improve what I'm doing. And also it's just a good way to know that we're connecting with some people, which is really what this is all about. So until next time, stay cool, Gatlinburg. Stay cool.